2: to the 5 year plan podcast Hooray! Hooray! Yes, uh... mm, football Oh, that's
3: Football.
4: nice. Other
2: than that, change it up. Sports. Uh, how are you doing? Pod 307. Ooh, Excellent. Wow. Moving
4: on swiftly, aren't we? What do you mm. think of that, James Endergaard? I think that's a good number. I, like the, good I number. always like the number 307 because you, you take the two, it's it's 10 with an extra null, that's 100, that's a ton, that's good. Is it a jazz? It sounds like a jazz number, possibly. Yeah, it's all jazz. Everything's like jazz. It's
5: a jazz album. Everything's jazz. <laughs> Pod 307 sounds like a jazz album. <laughs> it, it does. Everything's
4: yeah. jazz yeah. in this world. Once you get a bit older, Jay D, D, you'll realise it. Everything's jazz. Everything's yeah, JAZZ.
5: What a tragic thought.
4: Anyway, uh, Kevin Endicott, do
2: you agree that everything's Kevin bad? Endicott. Kevin Endicott. <laughs> oh God, my brother Kevin what a, what a
5: time to reveal that to the listeners. Yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> this is why we're on uh, this pod. It, it, this is why we had the international break. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Yes, I'm fine. Thank you very much. I, my brother's love of jazz is not something that's rubbed off on me. <laughs> I have to say. For instance, so I've seen you. Or his oh. uh,
4: not doing too well at the moment. I'm he sorry should, to right? hear that. No. <laughs> should,
5: Our mum. I should have got. I should be in touch more. He you know. Be, like she she, she does
4: care about you a lot.
5: Well, she didn't like it when I lost
2: the accent, did she? But no. <laughs> right, we'll put aside the family matters to the end of the pod. Um, a couple of adminy bits at the top of the pod. Well, first of all, so this pod is in, it's the international break special because obviously mm-hmm. normally we wouldn't pod, and we've got a, a special guest who is not joining us today, but it's pre-recorded, and that is Palace Academy director Gary Undercott. <laughs> Ga- <laughs> Gary, Gary, oh, yeah. is Gary, Gary is it. Gary is it. Absolute legend. He's
5: a top man. Is it? Really yeah, nice guy. Yeah, he's a really nice bloke. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really nice me.
2: guy. So I interviewed him last week, and uh, we're going to drop is that it? interview into the middle of this podcast. Yeah, indeed. Uh, really nice guy. Thank you, Gary, for joining us yeah. as well. So that'll be part three today. Is it? And he talks about lots of... Oh, me one of those pods, isn't it? Uh, talks about a lot of aspects... This is why I left of... Halifax. <laughs> you guys just wanted the pod. I'll just sit in the corner. Yeah, all right. You and, are. Uh, go and get a cup of tea. Um, <laughs> So It's a good point that you are that I am it? in the cor- corner We all are it's a, cube. <laughs> it's a It's a square room isn't it We're all in the corner <laughs> Right More Oh god More get on admin with, Get
5: on with your pleading
2: like, We've still got a few tickets left Not many To the live podcast There oh, are, brilliant oh, wow. In January January, in January? Friday January 17th oh. At the Streatham Space Project yeah. In Streatham all right.
5: <laughs> And after the first three minutes We've just done We'll be people will be sending tickets back <laughs> I don't think we need to see this live. It's fine. We'll
2: just. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So they're £10 tickets, and uh, you can get the. If you go to our Twitter, there's a pinned tweet on our Twitter account and our website and our Facebook, any of our social channels. Get them. They are going fast, so be quick to get one. Uh, And we've got a live. Palace legend as a guest. Yes, Ooh. we can't quite say who it is yet. No, because oh, we, haven't,
5: we haven't decided which one. <laughs> we
2: haven't decided if
4: they're a legend
5: yet yeah. so <laughs> or
2: not. So many want to do it. Everyone's um, a legend these days.
5: And yeah. also, we should, you should say we are adding a bit of value to the evening.
2: It won't just be the pod, there'll be some. There's going to be all sorts of bits and bobs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so get your ticket for that. And we've been nominated for an award. Ooh, we have. Have we? We have indeed. Have we? Second year in a row. Yeah for Best Fan Media at the Football Supporters Association, what used to be Federation Association yeah. now, um, awards this December. Wow. Yeah. And people can vote for us.
5: They can, oh, really? and, and please do, but for the second year running, we're up against the Behemoth that is the Anfield Rep. Yeah, and oh, as well. You, and have, and about, you well. have about 170,000 subscribers. Yeah, yeah. Also. So
2: it probably won't matter, but um, you know, you could do. It's, it's always nice to be nominated. It's lovely it? to be
5: nominated. Yeah. I've yet to understand why we're in fan media and not... Podcast, I don't but, know, you
2: know. I don't know. But your vote will be appreciated. It'd yeah. be like voting for the Green Party. Right? Sadly, like, could, It wouldn't matter. But would we'd be appreciate ironic. it anyway. If
5: this was the year that we would win, it'd be ironic because none of us can go because it's the night of the Palace. It's the same night of the
2: Brighton. Why yeah. have they done that? I know. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> anyway. Um, right. Uh, but I like your analogy to us and the Green Party. That's great. Well, I think we're, we're the Green Party of pods, aren't we? I, don't oh, I think we're heading towards the liberal, Lib Dems of pods, basically. <laughs> well, let's stop not, that political chat now. Not because quite because as pointless a vote, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do a couple of reviews from uh, yeah, yeah, our iTunes please. Only the five this styles, is a, yeah. I've held this one for a couple of weeks actually because it deserves it deserves its own pod this is from Matt Dove Hi, Matt. He Hi, says, Matt. Five-star review. Thank you, Matt, very much. The only FYP podcast you need. Now, I've not listened to the other FYP podcasts available. In brackets, first year project and freestyle yoga podcast. I don't know if these are real or not, but uh, but I'm willing to bet that they don't know their Lombardo from their Dyer when it comes to Palace. A man with Viking gold hair, yes, one who hates the summer, yeah. and a posh bloke with a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very I can't good. argue with any of that. <laughs> Certainly do. Free your mind, and the pod will follow. Yes, I like what that. Review that's, that review. Review. <laughs> that's, that's a round of applause. That is an excellent.
4: Excellent uh, Excellent. Funkadelicum quote at the end. That yeah. was very nice. Yeah, Thank and, you and very much.
5: Very good to a made up FYP pod. That's very uh, good.
2: Isn't uh, they real? Isn't they real pods? No. Oh, oh, come geez. on, Jesus. No. Of okay. course they're not. Do you know what I'm going to do for Matt as well? What? I am going to send him a limited edition, mainly because I forgot I had them, um, FYP badge. Ooh, Which I you gave... you still haven't
4: seen. I've given you one, haven't I? Uh, no, you haven't. I've got it in my bag right now. What, the one, the Viking gold one? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love one. Thank oh, my you. God, have I not done this yet? Oh, no.
2: those? They're not limited edition. Oh, yeah. they are? This is all I've got. I've got a bag of them. So we've got, uh, there's three. <laughs> there's Viking gold the picture of James Endicott. On. I've there got you a go. giant Fantastic. bag of limited edition badges. What do you think of that? That's amazing. And there's two others with uh, pod phrases on. One's red with regression to the mean. Mm. Yeah, um, right. And then this is a Kevin Day themed one. Have we turned the corner yet? <laughs> well, I didn't, so, only because you wouldn't make one that says, I don't like Dougie Free. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, let us know which one you want, and I'll send you one of those in the pod. I'll send them all three. Send all three, um, cool. Yeah. Right, shout out to one of our patrons before we crack on with part yeah, one. Yeah, Ready? This is Lee McBride. Hi, Lee.
4: Oh, Lee McBride. Lee McBride, yeah. Yeah.
2: a.k.a. former Pete the Eagle. Yeah, long-time yeah, patron. Excellent. And formerly my midfield partner for Oxidorian as well. Never used to pass to me, but do you know what? Still love him. Nice guy, loves the pod. Absolutely lovely guy. So shout out to uh, Lebo. Uh, right, so part one because we've got no game review, we're going to do questions special. Ooh. Are you ready for some questions? Yes. Uh, yes,
5: they've always been interesting and uh, enjoyable.
2: <laughs> it sounds like I forced you to say that. It did a little bit, but yep. they
5: have all. They're, they're, I've actually enjoyed the, the only time in
2: my life I've enjoyed international breaks because we've got some. Yeah. We've had some good questions. Mm. Well, here we go then. The first question is from uh, Mike Clark. Hi, Hi, Mike. Mike. How oh, clarky, one of our patrons. And he says, how typical Palace, in quotes, is the fact that players who we now seem interested in for the next window end up with ACL injuries. <laughs> now, this is referring a yeah. lad called Christian Kwame, who is a Genoa striker, who, uh, I'm informed, has got five goals in 10 games in the league in Serie A this season, Turns 22 in December. We were apparently in for him now he's got no knees. So is that typical, Palace Kevin? Yes, he was injured playing for Ivory Coast under twenty threes. Right, I yep. believe. Yeah, um, that's very good information
4: there. He's good information.
5: Uh, It was on the Athletic. All right. Well, was it? <laughs> there <laughs> there well it, it, it was because everyone got quite excited last week because Ed Mallion uh, more or less promised us a new striker and two new fullbacks. It turns out he, because I checked with Ed, he wouldn't. He was a bit coy about telling us on air, but it was yep. Christian Kwame. Oh, was, was it? Was the deal he was right. talking about? And it, he said it was more or less done. So obviously. We lost a right back before through injury yeah. that we were about to oh, sign, God. and now we've lost a, a striker. But you hope without
4: any—I'm sure there's a backup plan. Well, you say that without—there <laughs> <laughs> you,
5: you, you know, was no hope in my voice when I said it. But you would hope there are other strikers.
4: <coughs> is this the sort of guy that, that we for.
2: should be going for? Then young, you know, scoring goals in in Italy—is that who, the sort of
5: guy uh, we should be going? Without for? having seen him play, it's a difficult question to ask. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I... It, it, He's got a lot of potential, obviously. No other clubs have been in for him. He's very big, apparently, very mobile, and he has scored in Serie A, which is not a bad league to be scoring goals mm-hmm. in. But to be perfectly honest, I'd rather see us sign that sort of player in the summer. I'd rather in, the, in this break, I'd rather see us sign somebody who more knows, or less guarantee family. Like at least with Batschway, yeah. last season you kind of knew he'd get yeah. six or seven yeah. goals, which in the last three months of the season will be. Great, so that's a sort of... I'd rather see somebody who's going to guarantee his goals, but
2: where they are in the world, I don't know. Well, I can, I've got another name for you, James, that I will okay. pitch to you in a minute, another player we're linked with. But Rob Leonard oh, has God. asked, is there a transfer target curse?
4: Ooh. Ooh, gosh, we, are
2: there any other players that we've been linked with that have had career ending injuries
5: Nathaniel Klein it wasn't career ending but we oh, apparently yeah. were it's
4: on a it's
5: the nature of the beast same with international football yeah. Southgate will be spending the next three months keeping his fingers crossed that whatever motley collection of labouring midfielder players <laughs> he wants to choose stays fit for the, but I don't did think did you were watching the games were, I didn't they would. They weren't easy watches, considering well, how... Good. we considering how, I mean, the Kosovo game was entertaining, because Kosovo tried to play football. Right. But the other... I mean, the Montenegro game to was... Be, the Kosovo,
2: was, Kosovo yeah. game was quite nice, because all the Kosovo fans sort of had England flags, didn't they? And sort of, thank you, England, for the... they did an official thank you announcement. It was really nice. For, oh, that's good. I like that. Taking their part nice. in the Balkan War, yeah. Yeah, which I thought was, that was probably my favourite part of the whole game. Um, yeah. So, there's yeah. another striker we've been linked with, James. Mm-mm. I'm sure you're a big fan of this guy. So, Joshy G... Has said... Oh, Joshy. That's, not, that's him, not,
4: <laughs> <laughs> what was he played for?
2: <laughs> has said, are the reports about odson Edward trustworthy? Would this be the signing you're happy with if it takes place? Celtic striker. I think this guy is, isn't he? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah,
4: he is. Um, I don't know. I don't know much about him, to be honest. But um, if he's if he can come down and score, It's always hard to get into the Premier League anyway. We always hear this from whatever league. And but Scottish especially league. Scottish League. People do Scottish. like to slag it off, don't they? Well, they do slag it off. There's, you know... It's... It must be hard being a fan of Scottish football. I've been reading a bit recently in the press about what what has happened to Scottish football. Do you remember years ago there used to be so many sc- Scottish players in the f- old First Division? It was always in the, the Palace team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we
5: probably had seven or eight Scottish players at there one time. There was a time, time. During That's
4: during where him, yeah. went to his, yeah Jim Cannon. His or yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there's one thing scoring for Celtic, but you know what I do like about Celtic is they've got that great sort of club mentality. They mm. really they 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 often come up with a result against the odds don't, we? Which, has got, which has got a great team, mm. which shows a great team mentality, a great team oneness about them, which is what. Uh, so if a player's used to that sort of situation, coming to the Palace one is always a good thing. That's good. So they've always got the right mental state, I would have thought. In terms of the goal scoring ability, um, you'll, have to, well, you'll
5: have to hand over to Kev for that one. We've been linked with the kid from Rangers for a quite Morales. some time. Morales, mm. the one with the uh, attitude problems. It's always one of those questions, isn't it? It's one of those pointless pub questions is where would Celtic and Rangers fit? Yeah. In a and I've probably arguably top of the championship rather than the Premier League. I don't I think maybe bottom, bottom no, half but, of but the still friend, but, but, but I think also you have to look, you know, people do criticize Scottish football, but Brendan Rodgers has come down from Celtic and made a really good job. At, He's made
4: a at Leicester. Yeah.
5: So I don't think <laughs> you should dismiss Scottish football as, you know, they're not Absolute lightweight. So somebody who's scoring goals up there on a regular basis. And bearing yeah. in mind as well that most of the teams, I've seen quite a few Scottish games for teams against... They, It's like European games to them. It's like FA Cup games every week. That Every team they play yeah. beds yeah, in, defends that. deep. Same as against Rangers. They will just try and avoid a hammering against those teams. So if you can score goals against ultra-defensive tactics every week, then it's I mean, worth well, it. And also I think as well we've talked about this before you imagine that Dougie would know Scottish football and you just want a bit of imagination you want us to look at some
2: places outside of well he was linked with the Hearts job this week wasn't he yeah my heart was beating
4: at that point oh.
2: we did put it on Twitter and quite a few yeah. people said the same thing as you, yeah, Kevin <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a bit unfair you know but a bit unfair but yeah but, but I think
5: I think we should be looking you know I mean Brighton Godfrey I mean Mopay we've talked about this before we were linked with Mopay and arguably, there will be Palace fans who go, well, are we, what are we getting somebody from Brentford for? But he's scored goals in the Premier League. Yeah. You, you... Mm-hmm. You never can tell, but we just need a bit of imagination. We need. Well, we've
2: been linked with Ollie Watkins for a while, haven't we? Yeah, There's another yeah, who Brentford striker, yeah. sort of in a similar mould to payers. Yeah. An and I believe
4: I think we're fitting well. I, I just think Ed, we need in. an injection, as you said. Yeah, we in, do. Imagine, we whatever. just need an injection of something. Yeah, yeah. We definitely need something because it's. Yeah. Not, it, it hasn't got stale, but you know, by by uh, the new yeah. year, it could be because you know results might not go away for whatever reason. But I think we just I think the squad needs an injection of energy from someone. Yeah, well, yeah, I agree with that. I think he really yeah, needs that.
5: Ed wouldn't divulge you the the fallbacks were that we were in for last week many because i think he regretted telling me who the striker was <laughs> but he's <laughs> i, but I, I think because he doesn't know anyway well not possibly but i think one of those he was hinting strongly at one of those from the championship but both of them were young players because that's what we want we yeah. want I, that's one of the things we're missing from Wan-Bissaka, is probably not as good a defender as we maybe thought it's he interesting, will be, isn't but it? we miss what we miss is his energy, yeah. his enthusiasm, his ability to recover yeah. and cover with that pace. That's what we really. But also, young you right back playing under Wardy would learn a lot, wouldn't they? Well, hopefully, it'd be a Wardy playing under a young right back to be perfect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I know him. what you mean and training as well. Yeah. But I think Ender's is absolutely right. There is an element of staleness. I think yeah. the fans need some new faces, mm, some freshness so. in, in the in the. January
2: break and I'm sure they will come in Well, and it's an ageing squad as we've spoken about on previous podcasts so as, that's, as well it is, and, it's, oh, yes. and it's getting older
4: by the day it and it's not
2: nice. a bad thing because
4: you could <laughs> <laughs> god damn it
2: We're um, five
5: and a half years older than the Chelsea squad yeah in that game wow. six yeah, yeah. and a half years older than Man United's current squads.
4: yeah and those are but so, those are particularly young squads they are I agree but still but they're, but, they're probably too. in
2: more of a position where they can gamble and play younger players and they'll have the threat of relegation like we do but as uh, Manchester says, United bit, oh, yeah true a bit of an injection of something. the
5: threat relegation if you're honest, this season
2: I touch. think it, it looms more mean. over us than Chelsea Right, another question. This one's from Ag by Money. Hi, Ag. hi, Money. He says, "Will yeah. you ever pick one of my questions?" Yes. 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 Thank you. Next one. As well. <laughs> um, <and laughs> has the proverbial corner been turned yet? No, he's still sat in it. <laughs> How are you? We... <laughs> so are
5: you? It um, was, we were on the verge of turning it, weren't we? And then, yeah. unfortunately, ended up playing five of the six teams. Uh, five of the teams above us. Yeah. But, you know, so we've after those
2: games, bit. there's another potential corner on the horizon. There is, it's like
5: yeah. a Silverstone, isn't it? It's just, a <laughs> it's just like yeah. a little chicane
2: coming up, there's a non stop <laughs> corner. But... Chicane, good word. <laughs> uh, total Tech Soccer. Is that like total? Ooh. Has said, will the pod do, they've put Hungry Strike, they mean Hunger Strike, until Camarasa plays? <laughs> I could uh, do with
4: a hunger strike, to be honest. I lose yeah. a few
2: pounds.
5: Although, but, uh, yeah. having said that, I think we both like our food too much. Yeah, too. I, do. I like I'm not. Food. I can't go a whole year without food. No.
2: <laughs> <it's a> big... <laughs> not well, think... January, maybe.
5: Well, it's interesting. Isn't it? I, I, I was... just
2: wish somebody at the club would tell us what's going on well, there. I, 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 absolutely. I think you know, There's just I a think, total lack of communication. If I'm being totally honest, and from what Ed was saying last week, I think, quite simply, the manager doesn't fancy him. And that, hap- that happens sometimes.
4: But, so, uh, why was he bought in the first place? I mean, we'll be talking about the Athletic
5: article in part two. If yeah, we, if recent form is followed, I guess. Well, we're going to we're going to, we're going to aim to do that. Well, but <laughs> who knows what happens. But there is him. there is a bit in that in which uh, Matt who wrote the article, said that he he thought, well, how much this is based on inside information, I don't know, but he thought it was unlikely that uh, Kamarasa would be ever uh-huh. play for Palace again, and that we don't have a break contract, break break clause in his contract, but Betis do. And apparently, Betis are rather angry at the thought he's not been... Because so certainly, Ed Malian was was hinting very heavily last week that we would had promised him first-team football, yeah. essentially, that he came to Palace, and at the very least, Betis thought they would be upping his value because he'd be right. playing regularly in the Premier League, as Fair he did enough. at Cardiff. But you'd so, expect
2: that would happen, wouldn't you, with that sort of move? Well,
5: you would But the thing is, well, no, not... And it, and it comes back to, and James is absolutely right, it would be quite nice, All all it takes for us to not have this conversation... <coughs> Is Roy Hodgson or Steve Parrish or Dougie Freeman to say... Hmm. It, it, it was a mistake. It was a mistake. Yeah, this happened that's happened before. Steve Mandanda was the same thing. It was a mistake. Hmm. We're letting him go. Because otherwise, all, all we know is that he's a useful player. We, Cardiff fans well, still rave yeah, about clearly. him. And he's not been anywhere near the team. And it's just like, just give us... We pay a lot of money to go and see that football team yeah. each week. Give us the credit. Yeah. I mean, it isn't yeah. like
4: we need to know every single thing that's going no, no, on it, with it every just, player. But just a little... And, you know, I think Palace are quite good at communicating when the shop's open and what you can buy for Christmas. <laughs> Do you know what It's funny I mean? that, yeah. All, all, you know, and yeah, all yeah. the yeah. very good at that. I and know, the, emails I get. the new
2: training range does look does oh, it very yeah, nice. Very good, so. it, it does look yeah, very Very nice. fetching. But, you know, it's like yeah, it's it so would fit, be yeah. quite good
4: to know. You know, this <laughs> is not just a Palace... Problem. It's a, yeah. a, a problem in football in general. You know, you speak to fans of Man City and yeah, things like yeah. that. And they were all yeah. you know, everybody's got this problem. And it is and it is becoming very much slightly going off the subjects, it's very much becoming that the fans are getting you're not even second rate anymore, we're like third or fourth mm. down the, the rung and it's it's there's mm. I feel it's not there's something there's, something's gonna happen. But so, that's in so contrast it's going to be a mate. In contrast, yeah, if you remember revolution. When, when
5: the when the four owners First took over the club. They would spend. They communicated with us exactly all the time. And it it was fantastic. And you felt there was a real. You felt part of the club. uh, Absolutely, Kev. You know, and that's 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 with Steve Browett taking a back seat. That's gone a little bit. Yeah, around the ground away games and home games you mm. know, cause Steve was that visible presence of the of the ownership who was always mm. happy to talk and sort tickets out and apologise if we'd yeah. lost the week before that sort of thing but Steve Parrish was very open on Twitter <laughs> even though it had nothing to do with him and, well no but still <laughs> but, but he was the face of the club but, yeah. you know, Steve Parrish probably has sort of wound his neck in a little bit on Twitter because of the abuse he gets which is understandable yeah, which is un- absolutely yeah. understandable but yeah. for something as major as this it would be nice for us to be told why because we're all well, no, actually, we were excited, but it was one of those signings. Where you go, actually, yeah. that's, a, that's a decent. Yeah, I was format. excited. So I was that's excited. A, that's a good signing. Yeah, <laughs> but to not see him because if he was injured, they would tell us that without a doubt. Absolutely, but, but Absolutely. to not see him at all it's is, just odd. is odd. It's, it's just it's really odd, odd. And, this, and it, and it plays just... into that narrative that we're not as efficient as other clubs you know. in the Premier League oh, are. It is a weird it, one. And yeah.
4: as you, you say, he just needs." A sentence that's yeah. all it needs, you know. Yeah, and, that's really sorry, and it's not, you know, it's not yeah. like Edward's going to throw their season tickets away yeah. just because he's not playing. It'd just be nice to know, yeah. and also it helps generate that feeling of we're all in this together, absolutely. Yeah, you know, we which just... is a thing that we pride ourselves yeah. on as a club and as fans. Is that we're all in this I together. I would imagine if
2: he leaves in January or next summer, that might be the sort of message they'd be happier saying then when he's not at the club saying we got it wrong. But I think while he's still a player, I think they probably it's not the sort of message but he's not a player because yeah. he's not playing, <laughs> he's not playing, <laughs> he's not playing. <laughs> True. And, and also he's a non player, he's an ex
4: player, this player is no more. Probably aren't, yeah. to be. <laughs>
5: <laughs> OK, I'm sure Steve Parrish will be sitting at home listening to this thinking, well, I don't think there's another Premier League team that would actually tell the fans Fair. the inside work. Absolutely. Well, that doesn't mean Fair. we have like to be like everybody um, else. Absolutely. Right, OK, well, speaking Sorry of which... Your no, no, but no, you're no, absolutely beautiful. Right. You, guys you, are really, you, you articulated it far more, far better than I do. You guys know? are
2: in sync today, it's beautiful. Um, Family. This question...
4: Family. He's my wife. He's my brother. He's my brother.
2: Don't do that again. Right, (laughs) this question question is from... This is on a similar theme from Russell Levy. Hi, Hi, Russell. Russell. He says, The Premier League is now a wash with teams who play free-flowing, attractive football with a strong emphasis on the attacking side of the game. Does our own slightly more cautious approach make Roy a modern day Maverick?
4: Roy Hudson, a modern day maverick, that's the one I've never had before. Russell fair
2: play that that's, is used. Us that's one way to look at it. And Russell, will yeah. other teams start to adapt to our style of fielding? Nine primarily defensive players. I feel like Russell might have said that in jest possibly that question. Yeah, I feel mm. they
5: have started to adapt. The better teams in especially have started to adapt. Um I, I do like the idea of uh, Roy as a maverick.
4: <laughs> Modern day, but it's maverick. It's
5: slightly, It slightly um, uh, presumes on something that we'll talk about in The Athletic. One of the things that's interesting in Matt's article in The Athletic, and it seems more germane to mention it now, is that playing slightly more attractive football doesn't mean you're going to necessarily lose a game, as just as playing defensive football doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win it. So defensive football isn't winning those that many games at the moment, albeit against a really good team. So why not try the attacking? As has said on this yeah. podcast
2: numerous times, if you put more attacking players in, you have to then substitute a defensive player somewhere. Uh,
5: uh, 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 of, of course, and I, I think you can only really answer Russell's question at the end of the season, to be perfectly honest, because I, I think we can know. You that, remember to ask us that. I'll make well, a note. I, we'll, but we'll I think back we know, to it. and I thought it was very interesting the response last week to one of the things Ed Mallion said, which is basically Roy Hodgson's <laughs> approach is we will beat you. If you're not in a top eight, yeah. we think we can beat you. Yeah, yeah. If you are in a top eight, we won't try and beat you. Which I thought summed it up very well. Mm. And, but that's the sort of response... It, but we it, do now
2: and then, don't we? We get, it, we get those little we, oh. you know, city away...
5: Yeah, but you, yeah, we do, and, and you can't take that away from us, but you kind of get the feeling that wasn't by design sometimes, which is harsh on, on Roy mm, Hodgson, but yeah. it's, it right, doesn't yeah. happen often enough. And it's like... One of the questions I don't know if you've got time to ask it. I saw someone tweet: "Will will losing two nil against Liverpool be a good result?" And the question, the answer is no, mm. it won't, because no, well, we shouldn't be looking to lose at home well, to yeah. any team at this. And that's that's the frustration and the, and the idea of Roy really has to Roy the Maverick. Not not you could say not trying to win games at home as a Maverick stance. Do you yes, think
2: Roy not. has ever been a Maverick with anything? Like do you think in the seventies he wore flares? Do you know, do you think he's ever, or has he always just been? Roy Hodgson every everything about was, his I think life. I think
4: when he was at Switzerland, when he was managing Switzerland, I remember that's the first time I really got to know him. I can't remember. It was yes. some World Cup, was it? The yeah, he was at Mel- 94, 94, I think. 94, 94, yeah, yeah. 94 World Cup, which was in the States. I remember him, and I didn't really know much about him, and he was seen as like, wow, there's some English guy managing Switzerland. This is like, wow, this is... Because you did, you know... I mean, yeah. you did and God. speaking French and German yeah, to players. And just and it's like, yeah, yeah. If, if that makes you a maverick, then... Well, he many anyway. yeah I think for English people at the time I'm english sure coaches. there were a lot of other coaches out there coaching in in foreign leagues international leagues but to get to get an english guy going to the world cup when we probably didn't I don't know who was managing No we didn't go we didn't get there no, no we didn't we, didn't. Yeah. we didn't qualify yes do I not like he, that? He
5: was considered. I mean, con- uh, bearing in mind you are comparing him to the likes of Graham Taylor. So in the nineties, he was considered a, a forward-thinking, yes, he was intellectual, uh, you know, uh, blackboard manager with yeah. with ideas about tactics, and which is seems slightly odd now, considering. But again, it's like Chelsea always says, he's cutting his cloth according to the players he's got, or he's buying players according mm. to the which. Yeah, yeah, you, know, you don't you don't know which it is, but he, I think his maverick days are long over. Yes, I still think, I still think. He wants to play four four two, so I don't understand why he doesn't give it a go. Four four two seems to be mm. his natural habitat. It, it, and, and the days
2: of four four two gone. No, well, I think
5: he, he tried it. too old school for right He tried it with Au and Benteke in a game. I think it was either Newcastle drew New nil or we lost. So
2: Benteke hit the crossbar with a bicycle.
5: I think it might have been, but must it, didn't, remember it, that. it didn't work. Yeah, but I think, I think it was a Au or Benteke with. Mayor or somebody else off them. as a We have had a question about like, Benteke, so but I can't. I don't want to ask. We've, we've talked we've, about Benteke. But we've talked about I don't talked, want, to, I don't want to take talk it about
2: out. it. I got two more questions. So thanks for you. the question, Rivers. Yeah, it. I can't read yeah, it. Sorry. Um, two more questions. This one's from Leaf Anderson's forehead. Hi, Leaf. He's a regular. We've mentioned <laughs> before, actually. Yeah. I had noticed has got the best Twitter handle, which is at foreheadleaf. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said, "Can you eat a kangaroo testicle?" I'm praying that Ian Wright does. It's a bit harsh on Wright, in obviously now I'm a celebrity. Ian. Ian
5: writes attention span and is somewhat conservative of a small c politics are about to be put to the test, I, I would imagine. I thought you were going to make a joke uh, about th- him kissing the kangaroo testicle. No, but uh, <laughs> like he kissed his badge when yeah. he scored, yeah. <laughs> it's a long, that's a, even for me, That's, that's a. a, stri- it's, a, stri- it's, a it's a kangaroo, right. so it would be a league, I, suppose, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd, I would be amazed if Ian, some of these people you'd be amazed to know have got things in their contract that says they don't get to eat the kangaroo. Mm, interesting. All, yeah. I don't think Ian Wright is a big enough star for that, but uh, I'd like to see him do it. Fair play. And well, I'd like to see Mark Bright turn up three days later and have a go eating it as well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll eat it if Bright's yeah, alongside
5: yeah. it. Yeah, but will eat it, but he'll make such a fuss about it. I like Brighty. We he's all like Brighty. He's great. He's, a great. he's a great asset to the jungle. And as every year, I'm watching it passionately. And then by Thursday, I'll be bored and forget. <laughs> until I go, well, right, he won, and that's good. I think he might win, actually. Yeah, well, yeah. also, we all know Andrew Maxwell, and we all know how much Andrew Maxwell... Andrew Maxwell, half hour in a cab is enough with Andrew Maxwell. He <laughs> talked so much. 24 days in the jungle, something's going to kill him. I no,
4: no, Kangaroo I have
5: no idea who Andrew Maxwell is, and I have Irish not
4: watched any of... Brilliant, OK, great, oh, I'm glad, glad I asked you. But there's somebody <laughs> from
5: Girls Allowed in it, you'll know who they are. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
4: Nadine... Nadine Coyle, Oh, yeah, Nadine. Yeah. Nads, nads. Anyway,
2: <laughs> final question then. This is why we don't talk about popular culture very often. Um, final question. Popular it, culture it's I from... slice my own bread. <laughs> my God, this is this is what happened with the international break podcast. Speaking of which, Robbie Scotcher. Hi, Robbie. Robbie. There was a the person that asked about we losing two 0 to Liverpool. Yes. Be a good score. Has also said in the light of the international break, who's the greatest palace player never to get a call up? Ooh I'll chuck gosh. one name straight out for you there. Good good and maybe not greatest player, but at the time deserved it. Scott Dan.
3: Yeah, interesting.
5: Yeah, On interesting. top of his game, 2015, well, 15, probably, roughly around that time. Kind of modern football. It was mm, a modern day. Yeah, 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 I think. Yeah. I don't know how many. Well, I think older Palace fans will say John Jackson, mm. who I think was once picked for a Football League Eleven, but had the misfortune to be in goal at the same time as Clements yeah. and Banks yeah. and then Chilton. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Billy Gilbert was always tipped for his. Jim Cannon, I think, only played. Once or twice. But, did he really? But, but, yeah. But, but did yeah. play. But, yeah, but, but I I yeah. think probably John Jackson. Don Rogers? Yeah. I don't think it was ever called John out. John Jackson, I think, is, is John Jackson the would one. be for, for a certain generation. Yeah. Billy Gilbert for slightly older people. Dean Val- Gordon? Valerian Dean, Dean Gordon, Gordon. Yeah, who good played good under 23, on. but I don't think ever got a Dean full Gordon, count. Yeah. A very good. Yeah. Very, very good, good level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, arguably, Will Sahar.
3: Yes. We missed out Who did play for
4: England in a friendly
5: We missed out on him as a proper international because...
4: A well, proper international. Well, for, see, he's not a proper international now.
5: For England, is <laughs> what I
4: joking, mean. Yeah.
2: Anyway, the let's go. Southgate couldn't handle him. No, he couldn't. So. Mm, yeah, probably fair. Um, right, OK, that is it for questions for this week. After the break, we're going to discuss an article by The Athletic. Who? Uh, so, <laughs> join us after the break. <laughs>
0: Whether
1: you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to Selectquote.com. Selectquote.com. That's Selectquote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at
2: Selectquote.com slash commercials. All right, welcome back to the Five year Plan Podcast. <laughs> Hello. Sorry, sorry. Let me set my timer because I don't want to give them any more than eight minutes. Yes. <laughs> oh,
4: okay. it's already stretching it. Stretching it. It's ten.
2: Hello and welcome back to the five-year plan podcast. Hooray! Hooray. Part three oh seven. <laughs> it's part two. So, Kevin, you know what that means? It's uh, athletic time. I it is indeed yeah. uh, the athletic. I mean, but at this point, I'm sure everyone knows who the athletic are. But just in case you are, I don't know, new to podcasts and new to football they are a world-class team of writers covering every club including the very best coverage crystal palace subscription-based website and app completely ad-free no pop-ups just brilliant articles welcome to the new home of football writing and of course if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash fyp you can start a 30-day free trial and receive 50% off Your yearly subscription. Could
5: I just point out, if you are new to podcast centre football, the last half hour
2: would have been baffling.
5: (laughs) I really (laughs) would have struggled to keep up with a lot of the last half hour. (laughs) I I had to dip in and out, to be fair. I wasn't quite sure I was going by myself. Thanks for
2: for choosing us as your first ever (laughs) podcast. Uh, So this week's article is by Matt Woosnum, and it's called Townsend should keep his place in a Palace team, crying out for more width and pace. I'm going to read you two paragraphs from it here. Palace are crying out for more width and pace going forward. Keeping Andorst Townsend in the starting 11 would aid that, with the winger providing ample defensive cover as well as an outlet in attack. He came back in for Geoffrey Schlupp for the defeat by Chelsea last time out and should keep his place this weekend when the Premier League leaders hit Selhurst Park. That he's only had 505 minutes of a possible 1,080 in the league this season. It's telling of both how Held Hodgson has set his team up and of how Geoffrey Schlupp's form has improved. Uh, it was impressive out wide in the early stages of the campaign, but it's Townsend who is the better option for the moment, and that in turn would allow Hodgson to have another player to choose from in the middle. Oh, oh, are we a Townsend? Are you a Townsend fan, Kev? Well, the only person who doesn't know that is the person who's
5: not listened to a pod or, or <laughs> knows about football for 300%. <laughs> yeah, welcome we, aboard. Yeah, yeah welcome to the show. I, <laughs> yes, I, for me, Townsend's a better option than Schlupp both going Agreed. forward and defending, and. Yeah. I'd we've said it on every pod. I, I would take issue with Matt to an extent about Schlupp's impressive forms I, I must have been looking away at you know or the, there is a pillar in front of me in the half away, so possibly <laughs> his impressive form took place behind the pillar I don't know but uh, Townsend's a more experienced but I think Schlupp is a very good player but in a system that we don't play, I think he's he's one of those people like Van Arnold was probably a natural wing back, yeah. yeah, and he's playing at a club where he's never going to play that role. I could never understand how he gets in the team ahead of Townsend, especially because for somebody who's naturally left-footed, he tends to drift into the middle a lot, where he's not effective at all. And with Townsend, you get.
4: Yeah, he will switch wings, and he's just much more aware of his defensive ability adds, to I think with like, Townsend, even though you know pretty much what he's going to do eight or nine times out of ten, yeah. there is that like one or two where you don't know. Yeah, he, yeah. There's a slight, you know, As I keep saying, as we all keep saying on this pod, we, we do lack an element of surprise in our in our squad, in our team. And I think Townsend, along with Wilf, can add a little bit of element of surprise sometimes yeah. to, to the opposition. I, I think Townsend also. And I don't think you get that from Schlupp. You
5: don't. I think Townsend keeps the ball but I think Schlupp exactly as we said about PVA last week, Schlupp comes into his own when we're already safe in that last six or seven games when there's a bit of joie de vivre about us and we're going, we tend to attack a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then Schlupp looks better as an attacking option when that freedom's there. Well, well otherwise, a, otherwise, I can't see how it's not. As, Andros, as a card-carrying
2: member of the Geoffrey Schlupp fan club, <laughs> mm. um, there are games last season where he was excellent in, in that front three. And I know Roy prefers to play him sort of in the middle three. Away at Burnley, he was brilliant. You know, away at Man City, scored yeah, every 3-2. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think with Schluppy, you almost know what you're getting more and you probably get more consistency. Like Andros, I think, has some games where he's brilliant and he's really on it. And in terms of delivery into the box, I don't think there's anyone better, actually, for sort of whipping that ball in with the left foot. But there'll be other games where he's drifting in and out and, and not yeah. involved. With Schluppy, I feel like he's he's probably more consistent. I'm not necessarily mean he plays better. But, but maybe he's the... Sort of, uh,
4: the, uh, the the heights that Andros reaches, I guess Schlupp never reaches. I think, I think that's probably
5: fair. Andros is more versatile. He tends to think on his feet. But, and also, again, it comes back to... I mean, Schlupp's a good player. He's a good Premier League player. If he was still at Leicester, he wouldn't be anywhere near the first team. No. I think it's fair that's to fair. say. I think that's, that's probably fair. Good, good uh, and also, he's not a specialist I mean, in, in any position he plays, because he's not playing left wing back. He's not a specialist. If he, if he drifts into the middle, he's not better than the three or four options
2: we've got. Is he, too, is he it, too versatile? Or is it more that he doesn't have a position? I just don't think he's
5: got a position. He's not as versatile as Andros. I think Andros, you just kind of get more with Andros
2: than defensively you get. Do you remember there was that spell last season where Andros was... You know, obviously the goal at away at Man City, but he was he was banging them in from distance from yeah. about sort of September to December. Yeah, he had a fantastic run of form. It was probably it's probably our, best, arguably player. our best, it was player. best player for that time. Yeah, and I think we all felt, oh, this, this is what we should be getting. And Troy came on the pod and said, "I've been telling him yeah, to score more consistency and he yeah, was. Yeah. yeah, and it was brilliant. And that's the Andros we see. But we, there are long spells where that doesn't that doesn't happen. Well, for
5: me, I don't. Bear in mind, he's he he not playing me. a lot any he, yeah, yeah, he was yeah. injured, yeah. but for me, after the the centre backs or after Cahill and whatever the other centre-back, after the two because we've only got two full-backs, after Wilf, then Townsend should be mm. starting every game, basically. And, and Townsend, for me, is up there with his proper, genuine Premier League yeah. quality. And I, I don't think we've got enough players to not pick someone who's proper, genuine Premier League So how do we get quality? the best
2: out of Andros... Sort of consistently. Is it just a case of literally keep playing him on that I just wide think, role I just, and I just, I just let him keep switch playing. with Will? I think, I think keep, keep playing,
5: playing him. I think get back to you know ideally for me you'd get back to a situation where you're brave enough to keep the wide players wide. Yeah, is basically how you get the best out of Andros. And then even if you know they're going to cut in, at least like on on Saturday we'll talk about this. But you know you need to keep their fullbacks busy because if you if you yeah, don't yeah. keep their backs busy, yeah. we're in for a world of pain basically. And the way to do that is to keep our wide players wide and. Yeah, uh, that's the, how you get the best out of will fan out of. A- Andros actually, Andros actually it, yeah. I mean,
2: you know, Trent Alexander Arnold is a fantastic uh, player, but a- Andros actually would, <laughs> with his work rate, would have yeah, uh, some I, I think if if Trent Alexander
5: Arnold thought that Schlupp was going to be out was going to be his opponent on Saturday, he'd, be, he'd have a lovely. Friday silly, night. lovely Friday night <laughs> yeah. full of happy dreams about Howard because Schluppy's not good this is why I say he's better at wing back than he would be at full back because he, he hasn't got real natural speed like Aaron had and he hasn't got real defensive nails mm. and I don't think he'll cause but whereas Townsend has got the discipline to might not have, quite have the speed to catch up with, Terrence, with uh, Trent Arnold but he won't let Trent Arnold get in front of him yeah in the first place, and I, I, I do. We will talk about this. I, I, yeah, we've seen what happens when the last couple of teams, when City and Leicester, targeted our fullbacks, mm-hmm. and, and wow, Liverpool have got the, the talent to do that. So we need to, we need to keep them busy. And the way to do that is Andros. And uh, I'd be, I'd be amazed if Andros doesn't start, to be honest, against Liverpool, really, unless Roy's going full Maverick, as we say. Well, right, <laughs> well, you convinced me. I'm switching from the Jeffrey Shop fan club to the I, Andros Townsend I, I don't want, club. I don't want that responsibility. I well, don't want go it. home happened. and telling the baby that.
2: true, right, <laughs> <Uncle laughs> <mate. Kevin's. laughs> uh, right, so uh, you can read that article by Matt Wisnham, Townsend should keep his place in a Palace team, crying out for more width and pace. I think it's fair to say after that, we all agree?
4: Yeah, Matt and, yeah. 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 Um, woozy. And,
2: and of course, you can visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP to start a 30-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. Now, lads, are you ready for an exclusive... Palace oh, interview. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah with yeah. a Palace legend. Well, I think in part two? We're going straight into part part, In Part three, this is it. Oh, it's part yeah. three now. Part three now. Uh, so this is oh, wow. our interview so we're with... introducing
5: part three then, are we? Do you want to introduce it? I think we should introduce part three because people are going to be confused now. Oh, you mean after the break? Yeah. No, we
2: we'll just, we'll just go straight into it. Go straight into yeah, it. Yeah, oh, wow. well, 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 well Kevin, well, we're Maverick. We're really Maver- Mavericks. We're Mavericks. We're learning from Roy. So this is me and Selzy went to meet Gary at last week and here he is talking about all sorts of... Yeah, of course. Oh, no one yeah. mentioned Selzy. So. Well, he he set the interview course. up, obviously, because he knows Gary well from having worked with him. Oh, I could have but said yeah, could something well, he doesn't yeah, mention well, very often. I'm, I'm sure to, I could have, have said it He had to go with up, you, did he? Yeah, it was lovely. Anyway. Selzy wearing his goalkeeper gloves. we don't get to do
4: things like that, that we're here week in, week out, week in, I wish I hadn't mentioned it now. It was a nice trip out, wasn't it? but I do would have And also, we would never... Did you have a nice lunch? What did you have? What did you have? Know, No one cares. We
5: would never have known because we don't listen to the pod. You would have got away (laughs) with it if you hadn't
2: mentioned it. Right. (laughs) Uh, This is our interview with the carrier of the Five Year Plan podcast. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan podcast, part two. It's our international break special. Uh, And to celebrate that, we've got a very special guest indeed, arguably one of the most important people at Crystal Palace over the last 15 years, responsible for countless names breaking into the first team with a collective appearance total of over a 1,000 games, so one and only Gary is it. Gary, how are you? I'm doing very well. Welcome to the podcast.
6: No, no, nice to be here. I've listened to so many. It's great to be on the show.
2: And you still chose to come on. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Now, we are going to be joined by Adam Sells, of course, very soon. He's mentioned a few times on the pod that he used to work with you, of course, at the Academy. While he's not here and he can't defend himself, what was it like working with Adam Sells?
6: Uh, It was very good. I mean... Adam was obviously running the, the, the glove company but he would come uh, every Saturday to the fixtures and I think uh, what what he gave us was that sort of like a non-emotional viewpoint so ultimately when you're working with players every day they can upset you, disappoint you or you can get go the other way with players where you, you they endear themselves to you but Adam would come in and have that non-emotional viewpoint of he's a good player, he's not a good player very black and white so we'd take the motion out of it and I, and I remember Jerry Francis performed that role for us in the first year in the Premier League of just coming in on match days and the odd training session and uh, it was a very similar role to that
2: actually to be honest he performs a very similar role on the podcast actually that sort of non-emotional uh, analytic role is that difficult in football then to sort of disassociate emotion from the game because there's a lot of it involved isn't it
6: oh, well the football's a huge emotional game and uh, you know I think every win is a relief, and every defeat is a mini depression. Uh, and for 24 hours, you're in that state post post game. So it's very important, I think, that you don't make any decisions around that that high or that low. Uh, but ultimately, as well, you know, that's what drives us all on is the emotion. Yeah. You know, in 90 minutes, you can go through. Joy, happiness, excitement, frustration, sorrow. You know, there's no game like it or no 90 minutes like it, is
2: there? Well, this is the thing because as a coach, I guess, you know, as fans, we're allowed to get away with that emotion because that's our only role on the match day, isn't it? Be be emotive, be passionate, that's it. But as coaches, you've got responsibilities, you've got people to look after, but you're still human, you're still having those emotions anyway. So I guess trying to keep those in check and then deliver messages at half-time or full-time it must be a real balancing act.
6: Yeah, it is, and and that's just to the starting ten players. You've also got probably six or seven players that are on the bench, and five or six players that are in the stands. And you've got to have that, you know, that that joy and elation of a win. Sometimes you then then that management aspect of managing those five or six that are in the stands that aren't elated and aren't part of the team. You've got to sort of like have that empathy in terms of managing them throughout the week. So yeah, uh, it is a. Real high emotional game, but that's why we love it. And that's what that the adrenaline of, you know, it's like a drug to us all, isn't it?
2: Believe me, I know about being those players in the stands because I'm regularly on the bench of my Sunday <laughs> League team. So uh, that is something I know very well. Um, okay, so I, I want to talk about your role at the club in a bit. But before that, I think there'll be a lot of people at Palace who know your name and know who you are. But what was your life before Palace like? How did, how did you come to Palace and what were you doing before? I'm guessing you were probably playing?
6: Yeah, I was still playing. I'd come to Palace when I was 27. So I'd, I'd ended up non league after a, uh, a mini career at, well, my boyhood club was Luton, where I was, at, I was there from the age of eight to 21. Okay. And then just so in that period between 23 and 27, I was working at Topman, uh, where I worked with Nathaniel Klein, Andrews Townsend, oh, okay. Ryan Mason, oh, right. uh, Jake Livermore was there at the time. Uh, and then I left there to come to Palace. Because Ian Dowie took over, and I'd known Ian from our time at Luton. I was a schoolboy, but he was in the first team, and Ian was a really great with the young players at the time as a senior professional.
3: Hmm.
6: And uh, and that's how I came to Palace in 2004. It was at the time Ian looked like he was going to be the next big manager in the game. Yeah, you know he's at Oldham and then yeah. done brilliant getting the club promoted. And you know you thought, yeah, good club, great manager who you knew, and uh, that's how I ended up here. And it was for a, for a short time
2: it was, wasn't it? A very exciting place to be. I remember as a fan, it was I felt like we were really quickly up to the next level. Yeah. And we had this huge potential. Players like Wayne Routledge coming into the team, you know, could you set up it was very exciting, wasn't it?
6: Yeah, it was exciting. And, you know, that, that this that first year in the Premier League was so unlucky to go down. Yeah. Uh, you know, away at Charlton in yeah. the last ten minutes. Worst place to to oh, go down. Yeah. And, you know, I think I thought on the day We'd, they'd made the tactical sub at half-time, bringing Dougie on, and that got us back into the game to go 2-1. And we just needed to see it out and, and couldn't. And the rest is history, as they say.
2: Yeah, God, and a long time before we came back. That, that connection to Ian Dowie, is that how a lot of things are done in football? Because I feel like that's a quite a common story, that you sort of make these connections at clubs, and then you sort of stay in contact with people, and then opportunities arise. And it's, it's almost like a sort of big
6: networking Thing as to how you can get future work? I think so, and I think it can be prevalent in, 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 in life anyway. But I, there's a huge amount of trust in football because the industry is so insecure, uh, and sometimes the paranoia can consume both coaches, managers, and players. And, yeah. uh, I think managers enjoy having people around them that they know they like and they think can do a good job because ultimately, you, you know, you spend such a huge amount of time with each other, you yeah. know, you're going on all these overnight trips. And I guess if the dynamic isn't quite right, that you know you're working with somebody that might their personality might just rub you up. Yeah, clash a bit. Clash a bit. Then it, you're spending so much time together that, that it can ultimately, you know, just cause problems when everything should be put into the players. The coaching staff are here solely for the players. Yeah. And if you're trying to manage staffing issues, etc., as a manager, then you know it's taking your attention and time away from them so that's the first
2: thing. step that's the first step getting that coaching set up right and when you hear about clubs they go oh they, these lads have got great team bonding and you know they're really t- togetherness you hear a lot i guess that starts with the coaching staff and then absolutely
6: yeah and i've seen lots of management teams where it hasn't been cohesive and you know there hasn't been a team spirit amongst the staff and ultimately it, it people leave or the you know the team isn't successful so it's so important
2: um so okay speaking of, of coaching then so your role I'm guessing has changed quite a lot over the fifteen years. Can you give us an insight into what it was like when you started and then what it's like now, what's
6: changed and sort of what are your main responsibilities? It's quite yeah. a big question that sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean it's, when I came in two thousand four, I came as the under eighteen coach and there was no fitness coaches, no video analysis, no no uh, strength and conditioning coaches. So it's a different time. Yeah. As a coach you did the warm-up, the gym sessions, the psychology the coaching Uh, and I think at the time I was there was a period under Neil Warnock where I was taking the youth team and the reserves Wow! Uh, so that was the role largely dominated by coaching with very little support staff at the time Uh, and it was around 2009 2010 when all that changed Mm -hmm. and and the academy grew from four full time people to what it is now which is 35 full time people probably over a 100 uh, staff in terms of scouts, physios, you know, support staff, stewards, wow, etc. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible.
2: And is that just systematic of Palace being in the Championship? You know, and sort of different different budgets and and stuff like that.
6: No, I think uh, the EPP changed. The supporters would have been aware of that. Yes, that changed the dynamic and the rules around youth development. Where I think they felt the clubs were running academies uh, at a lesser level than they should be. Right. So the EPP came in. Largely to allow the movement of players by reducing compensation, because obviously, mm. I think we still hold the record for John Bostock. You know, as the largest youth transfer. Really? Yeah. All well, the whole time thing ago. around that was that it wasn't it wasn't anywhere near enough what the club valued him no, at. But retrospectively, now it's it was one of the best deals. And really, I Phil Alexander was huge in getting that deal. Wow. I think it was seven fifty.
2: Yeah.
6: Uh, and there hasn't been a player since that's of that age that's moved for that level of money. That's incredible. Yeah. I remember at
2: the time, obviously Simon Jordan was chairman and he made a big fuss about the fact that it, he was, Bostock was or could have
6: been worth a lot more to Crystal Palace had he stayed. Absolutely. Well, if he had got in the team uh, and, you know, and ultimately that's what you want. You don't want to lose your best players for hundreds of thousands. You want them to, to get in the team yeah. and you sell them for millions. Because, you know, and also I, do, I do think that that's what the supporters want. They want local players in the team because yeah. you can connect with local players. Absolutely. You know, you someone will know where that, someone will know someone will, who knows where that player went to school? Yeah. Someone that knows him. So it's so important and so vital.
2: Especially with, you know, the South London connection at Palace is so strong. It's such a strong identity. Um, but I think fans just absolutely love it when local lads break into the first team. Um, just quickly on the EPPP. So was that a success then? Because it got, it got a lot of stick, didn't it, at the time?
6: Yeah, it did. I think the large amount of criticism around was around the reduction in compensation fees. So ultimately now. Teams can lose their players if you're Category Three side for 180,000. If you're a Category Two club for for maybe four to five hundred thousand, if you've had a player all the way from eight to sixteen, yeah, which is a downgrading from the Bostock deal of seven fifty, yeah. But you have to look at it now and say it has been successful retrospectively. the The England national teams are, you know, are, are, are absolutely you know populated by players from the academies, yeah, and they've had all that success,
3: yeah,
6: and I can. You can see now at other clubs, there's lots of young players getting opportunities. So you can only judge something over maybe a decade and you have to say it looks successful. Um,
2: On the England national team, I saw a stat recently that South London is currently providing most players, I think, that have come from academies that are either playing for England or playing in the Premier League or something. It seems to be quite a sort of rich time, doesn't it, for South London football in
6: general are you yeah. finding that as well yeah well the statistic is the, the England national team is largely made up of London right. born okay. players I know I was in, in the vicinity. yeah, and in the Premier League there's I think it was 13.7% I could be a point out point there <laughs> all right <laughs> London, but from South London right. uh, so at this moment in time there is a trend where lots of players are coming from South London and London I know historically some have come from Essex, you know, that 66 England World Cup winning team. And then yeah. obviously the North East produced lots of top cast players in, in the late 80s, early 90s. But, but I do think South London and London represents the Premier League, players from all over the world. Uh, do,
2: and as, as a South London, as a prominent, let, let's say, as South London's number one football club, um, do you feel a the pressure then to be scouting these young lads and sort of getting them before they go to other clubs?
6: Absolutely, and uh, you know London's fierce. It's there's fourteen uh, clubs in London, professional clubs. So whilst there's lots to choose from in terms of players, the competition is fierce, and there's you know normally three Champions League clubs every season yeah. that you're competing with. So it's a it's a tough, tough thing.
2: We got your dogs here, Gary, and they're being very friendly. To Adam Sells, who's joined us. So Sellsy, welcome. You joined halfway through the interview, but um, you're here. I will say, I asked Gary off air or on air when you weren't here earlier what it was like working with Adam Sells (laughs) in the academy. He was very complimentary. What did he say? It was just that you were very, was it unemotional, analytical approach which helped.
4: Okay. And I said
2: that's the same thing you do on the podcast.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Gets me a lot confused.
2: So, so what's, how has your role changed to what it is now then? Because obviously, now you're academy director. So, I'm guessing there's a lot more responsibilities, a more, lot more plate spinning.
6: Yeah, correct. You mean you're managing the eight departments of the academy, which is video analysis, education, coaching, scouting. You know, so there's sports science, medicine. So there's there's lots to do as well as at the top end. You know, managing all the players' contracts, etc. Uh, so and you know we've got the exciting thing at the moment where you know the chairman's invested heavily in the facilities, yeah. which is going to take the academy onto another level.
2: Yeah, and that's this category one application thing, isn't it?
6: Yeah, it is. But it's really the modernising of our facilities. You know, it, it's been. Really difficult for the chairman to find an adequate site in London, but we've got one now after a long search, and you know it's going to transform us. And what are what are the main challenges that, that you face then, personally, what with your, the facilities your, or your, just your, in the role in, in your job in, in the role in general? Yeah, uh, I think the challenges is always not only finding the best players but then keeping them. You know, it's uh, people won't be aware that most of the players from 14, 15, 16, will be represented by agents. Uh, Now, legally, they're not allowed to be represented until they're in their under 15 year when they turn 16, but it's been really, no one's policing it within the game at the moment. So, it's constantly, you know, if you do unearth a great player and you may have had him from the age of eight, that threat is always there that an agent can potentially tout him around and, and move him on. Has that changed? Is that has that changed? Then, I, think, the I think a few thing. a
7: few measures have been put in since. But I mean, in my sort of time with Gary, that, those years ago, the players would often leave the field wherever we were playing at a training ground, and would be coveted by agents as they were walking back to the dressing room. You know, giving them their cards and talking to their parents, and it was pretty um, sounds quite grim, pretty coarse. Like yeah, yeah, I would say it wasn't it wasn't great. And I'll say to you also that. You know, one thing that Gary does, which, which would never be seen in terms of, you know, in the footballing face, if you like, is that, you know, a lot of these kids don't all come from perfect backgrounds and so on. And he, he and, and certainly in the time I was there and some of the other stuff, you, you're, you're sort of, as well as being football coach and, and developer your sort of life coach and social worker are all in the mix, you yeah. know, and Gary would often, and I'll embarrass him by saying this, he would often stick up, perhaps, or defend or stand by somebody who probably had behavioural issues or, or things that you might say that, that, that other people inside the club would question and say, oh you know, get rid of him, he's a problem, you know, da 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 because they didn't have the sort of requisite disciplines, if you like, and he would work with them and know their background and the family and find a way of of getting them to, to, to conform over time by, you know, befriending them and developing them and making sure that that talent didn't go to waste. Now, there's always situations where some guys do go to waste, yeah. but, it, you know, he would often sort of, stick by people and he'll tell you there's lots of opinions always in the place about different players. You know, we like this one, we don't like this one or we like that and we don't like that and so on and he has to find his way through all of that and and stick to his guns. Really. Is, that, is that
2: something you see as a priority then? Sort of, you know, looking after these young people as well as trying to develop them as footballers?
6: Yeah, absolutely. You've, you've you know, we know the statistics so a large amount of players won't come through into the professional game so you've ultimately got to help them when they exit the club, when they leave the club, if they go into another professional, you know, environment. But I mean, what Adam's talking about there, you know, with our two most uh, valuable players in terms of Wilfred and uh, Aaron, there were staff members there that were encouraging us as an academy to, you know, to let those players go. Wow. But the large thing in youth development is patience. You know, you've got to see beyond behaviour, beyond athleticism, beyond technique and tactics, and and sometimes you've got to show an incredible amount of, of patience because ultimately it's about the nineteen-year-old. Whatever you're seeing at fourteen, fifteen, mm. nine, you've got to try and see the future, uh, which is the nineteen-year-old. You know, because people can change so much in that time, can't they? Of course they can, and we've all, we've all done daft things when we're young, yeah. and you can never forget what I've you never did. did... <laughs> Too level-headed,
3: yeah,
6: and and especially. <laughs> uh, Lad, young lads that come from difficult situations because you don't know what they've seen and, and there's lots of things around learnt behaviours and you know what experiences have had are, you know we're all a product of our environment experiences
3: yeah
6: and people won't realise just how difficult some of the starts you know the players we have in we have in our care they've had but that's not all of them. You know, obviously, Johnny Williams, fantastic support, mm. great individual, and ultimately, Johnny, I think, injuries curtailed his yeah. Palace career. Well, he's doing well now, to be fair. But Johnny had a very back good... Back
2: in the Wales squad with Charlton. So That's it, yeah. I think a lot of Palace fans actually <laughs> would like to see him do well. Maybe, maybe not a Charlton, but, um, you know, do he well as a player. He was an
7: absolutely charming kid. Like, even 14, 15, would come and knock on the staff room door and shake hands with every member of staff before he left, and he but his father was, I think, an inspector in the police force, Pete and his mum were the teacher or something, I think, and therefore he had a very stable and a very good upbringing and that that was reflected in his personality and his behaviour and so on. But I've got to say to you from my own perspective, Jim, that it changed me a lot working with these people because I came from a good family and a steady family and had a steady upbringing and, and I was lucky and it made me realise that, you know, these people don't all get a chance and they don't all have these things or these disciplines inside them because nobody's ever ever spent time or family members drilling them or, or making them realise, actually, that's not what you do. And, and Gary would, like, you know, we'd have conversations about people's discipline and things and he'd say to me, you know, he doesn't have that and he hasn't got that and he needs help, do you know what I mean? And we have to help him, you know, and that's, and that's hard for him because I, you know, often the people above him, let's say, or the people around the training ground in different years when I was involved would be going, oh, you know, it's a bit weak to allow him to do that, or, you know, we should get rid of him, or we can't do that. And there'd be things that would happen that perhaps you just wouldn't even talk about because if word got out that ex player was so upset at being substituted, he ripped his shirt off and threw it down in temper that, perhaps the first team manager would demand that he be sacked or something, you know. So you, you, you manage the situations, you know, and so that's the, what he
2: did. The impression I'm getting from you, Gary, is that you are sort of a hum, humanist or humanitarian. Or sort of you, put, you put people first. Is that is that something you would agree with? And is that why you've sort of been so successful in your in your job?
6: I don't know. I just just think it's you've got to understand the player. I mean, listen, I learned a lot in the first years of, of doing the role. And uh, I've got to say, you know, when I look back, I wasn't by no means and even now perfect in terms of managing young players. But I do think it took a lot of empathy uh, and, and, you know, thought around why why players may behave in that way. Uh, and I don't want this to be come across as negative because yeah, yeah. you're only talking about a handful of players in each age group that, that you might have to uh, encounter this with. Yeah. But uh, I just think it's a large part of the job. People think it's just about the pitch. It's not. Yeah. That's probably 40% of the job. Uh, it's the time you put into the players on the pitch and off it. And and a huge amount of coaching. You've got to individualise the coaching. Because generic coaching yeah. isn't what youth development's about. You've got to uh, give players individual programmes in a gym, on the pitch. And also socially. They all need different things. Because they've all got some super strengths and they've all got some weaknesses. I generally think it's about making the most of your super strengths and helping players cope or hide their weaknesses within games so they don't get exposed. I wish I had you as a coach when I was younger because right. I had some strengths and weaknesses, but no
2: one ever... Yeah, Did you me... tell
7: him that you won the under-14 most versatile player of Austin the year? District's
2: or... most versatile player under-14. I think they made <laughs> it for versatile, me. versatile, yeah. Yeah. They, found, they found an award.
7: <laughs> Basically, like we were talking about Jeffrey's position. love at the weekend and <laughs> saying how versatile he was, and he 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 saw that as a negative...
1: Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials.
2: Do you, do you think that empathy you talk about, do you think that is, that is lacking in the game sometimes?
6: I think patience is and sometimes people go into youth development as a as a role, as a stepping stone. So they're not here for the long term. Yeah. There there are some outstanding in, in you know, contributors to youth development across the country who've stayed in it. But it can be used as a stepping stone for coaches at work to get back into the first team set up or for, you know, we had we had really a coach with us who was desperate to get into the first team and he eventually did. But uh you know, so I think it's just if you want to put the time and energy into it that's what it looks like but if you're just using the players as a vehicle for your own career
2: yeah.
6: that some people do it doesn't look like that you know, not, I guess patience. then
2: no one wins then because <laughs> the players don't win
6: potentially yeah but the coach may win if he gets some good results and look at me my team's top of the league and you know come and take me that, yeah. that, but that, that's not just at Crystal Palace that's across yeah, yeah. the world you what know?
2: also so the thing is as fans we see these we see these players break into the first team at 18-19 that's the first time we see these players, unless, of course, you, you know, you, you're going to watch the youth team games. But, of course, there's been years and years of work on those players before they've even got close to the first team well, you that know, you don't see.
7: Well, you know you're gonna, they're going to get there if you you know, you have a good sense at times. We've also got to remember, JD, that, and this is another thing that was very much at the forefront of our conversations week to week when we were together working, was that we'd have a... Um, you know, you'd understand that the fellows in the dressing room were all young men who, although full of bravado, a lot of them and stuff, they would all also be all full of self-doubt. And yeah. would they, you know, do they like me? Don't they like me? Do you think I'm going to make it? Am I going to make it? What's going to happen to me? And that's in their mind as a constant for that period. And one of the things I always used to say, and I think it's so true, because as a footballer, really, you're always on trial so it doesn't matter what you're doing as soon as you win the first contract or the first step you're on trial to get the next contract or the next step or can I get from the youth team into the under 21 or now the under 23s or whichever way around it is now and then then to the first team and so on and then once I'm there can I play regularly and can I get to this point can I make and yeah. get myself a contract that reflects my value to the club and so on but in the beginning we're constantly talking about blokes who are, you're sitting in a dressing room before a game, we might be going to play Arsenal or Chelsea at their training ground and they're in these salubrious surroundings and think everything is magnificent and sometimes you have to sort of remind them that we're playing a load of kids in shirts of Arsenal or Chelsea that may never play for Arsenal or Chelsea and to keep some
2: perspective at times, you know. Gary, the question that we get asked a lot on this podcast is, is it harder to get Youth team players into the first
6: team. Now we're in the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you think of the Championship, there's more games, smaller squads, potentially, well, there's no doubt there's lesser ability in that Championship first team compared to a Premier League side. So the opportunity for young players is a lesser level, there's more games and there's less players. Uh, the Premier League is, you know, much harder to get young players into. Is that because managers Are sort of more reluctant Or it's
2: seen as more of a risk I guess maybe At Premier League you know, When the threat of relegation Is you know Always yeah, always there
6: Absolutely And I think you've got Every manager I think managers contracts Are like month to month Aren't they yeah, yeah. you have a bad month And lose six games The press are coming for you Yeah absolutely So everybody's on a Month to month contract Essentially And that fear of uh, Putting an established uh, Or a young player As opposed to an established One that you know Can go and do the job You're always going to look to that you know the one that you know you can rely on lots of young players and even at our time when we had that fantastic period it was through adversity and it was through opportunity uh, where we had limited squad no other option but to turn to and and my firm belief is if you want to get more young players into the team reducing squad sizes you know and this is only my view Mm. that would help because clubs across the four divisions would have no alternative but to look below rather than look to buy and what about? So, we have a, I had a question from a couple of our patrons. I told the patrons
2: I was interviewing you, and uh, Joe Leacher has said, Was there any interest, was there no interest in our players for loan moves, or is that a strategy to keep them at the clubs they can train with the first team? We talk about loan moves a lot on the podcast. Is that something that helps young players then going out and get the experience, or actually, do you want them around that first team environment at Palace?
6: It's, uh, it actually divides opinion at a senior level. I mean, lots of the foreign managers have come in. Uh, and not not you know certainly Pochettino at Tottenham, as an example keeps the younger players around uh without the loans. So, you know, Aaron Basaka didn't have a loan. And uh I think it's it's still there's there's no definitive answer on it. Some things will work for one player and it might not work for another. But I think the interesting thing certainly some of the recent lads that have got into the Premier League teams is that they haven't had loans whereas the thought was that they must have loans Mm. Uh, and if you look at Trent Arnold at Liverpool Hudson-Odoi at Chelsea now breaking in Rashford you know Basaka, so none of these players had loans Um, the Chelsea one's interesting isn't it because obviously they had
2: 400 players out on loan or whatever it was for the last couple of years but because of their transfer ban they've now had to change their whole ethos to their team and their first-room approach having uh, an ex-player in Lampard to come back has helped as well and they've almost overnight changed their identity
6: as a club haven't they yeah absolutely but again it's through adversity where you can't sign any players
7: necessity you know,
6: is the mother of invention yeah, yeah. And, uh, and listen they have got you know some excellent players at that football club young players I think it helped that Jodie Morris was there yes uh, who knew those players and knew their capabilities uh, and had the confidence in them to, uh, to, to promote them so what what is on a sort of
2: personal level what is your kind of goal as academy director is it to get players into the first team or is it just to kind of sort of mould young professionals or just mould decent young people like what do you see as your kind of goal yeah. I feel like I'm interviewing you yeah no it's
6: all three of them things we, ultimately we have to get young players into the first team That that's the necessity we've got to do that and then from there if, if they're not good enough for Crystal Palace can there be some value in them where, where we sell them and then the you Know the third scenario is and fourth scenario is then can we get them lead careers? Because to become a professional footballer is massive. Yeah. People don't realize 92 league clubs that means 10 start outfield starting positions every Saturday. That's only 920 players every Saturday yeah. from the age of 16 to 35. Yeah. Now, if you'll become one of them, you've done fantastic. Yeah. So, that's you know, we take as much enjoyment out of looking at Lewis Graban, yeah. Billy Bingham. Uh, players like this that have had good solid league careers as much as the, the Sahars and the and the wan I don't think Billy Bingham was on your list he didn't Chelsea. play in our
2: first team he didn't play in he our first team so, so Selzy right, made me on,
4: don't,
2: <laughs> don't try and catch me out I
4: saw it all <laughs> Selzy sent over
2: a whole spreadsheet of players that uh, you had got into the first team but well, there's some there's some memorable names on that list there Selzy isn't there Uh I mean, Lewis Graban is an interesting one because I remember a lot of hype around him in breaking into the first team. And this would have been quite early on in your tenure.
6: He was the first youth to my head, and Lewis, we uh, sold Lewis to uh, Millwall, I think, for hundred and twenty thousand pound. Yeah, he was then released from Millwall, uh, and you maybe thought that well, that's you know, he's 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 only heading one way here, Lewis. But he has done fantastically well, played for some top clubs. And I watched him two Saturdays ago play at Luton for Nottingham Forest, and he's still got that pace at 31 to race away from defenders.
2: That's impressive. So, I, I guess, uh, would
6: he be one of those players that maybe you're surprised by? I would say Lewis has Since surprised leaving. myself, yeah. I, I didn't foresee him playing at that level, the levels he's got to, but that's credit to Lewis. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's done exceptionally well. And I, I, guess
7: reckon, the, I reckon he's the biggest out of the ones that we, we had together for that sort of 10 year period. Um, he would be the one who would most surprise me, yeah not that as Gary said, not that he wasn 't good enough to have a career in football, but I thought he 'd probably be a league one striker, and he 's ended up you know playing the Premier League and the championship very regularly and hitting the net and so on, and so he 's one that 's probably gone a bit further than I might have imagined, and... and is
2: that just down to sort of personality and sort of drive and you know being able to sort of take the Rough with the smooth, as it were.
6: I think you need a lot of resilience to, because football's full of roller coaster and you know, knocks. Yeah, there's probably more lows in your career than highs. Uh, I was having a conversation with Sean Derry yesterday, and if you think, you know, Sean spent about 17 years as a professional, how many years are you an absolute regular? Yeah, in them 17 years, you know, you're starting out, you're not a regular at the end, people are questioning you, and in between. So, you've got so many uh, injuries not getting picked, getting pulled off the pitch at half-time. There's so many highs and lows uh, to deal with in football. I think
7: Grabs, actually, like he had electric pace and he'd get on the shoulder of players. And I can remember, I think, we played a game at Birmingham one Saturday morning, a youth team game, and he was, he just went past people with ease because of his speed and his power. But then you sort of... I don't know if it's fair to say doubt, but I was kind of thinking, I don't know if that'll be enough further up sort of thing, but he's really made it work for him. So you're always full of admiration, I think, for anyone who can make the most of what they've got, you know, like he does.
2: I mean, there's an incredible list of, of the players that you brought into the first team and actually sells you on this tab here. You've got current last club. Nearly all of them, I think bar one possibly, are still playing and... You know, a variety of levels. MK Dons, Nottingham Forest, Liverpool, a few still at Palace, obviously, Hornchurch, Maidenhead. That's quite impressive, though, that you've got those lads and they're all still in the game.
6: Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. But uh, I think when you look back, you know, Johnny Williams, uh, you know, coming through, there was lots of doubts whether or not he could
7: do it. I can but remember he... the first time he played for us. And I was like, oh, who's his kid? He went, Oh, he's a really good player, Johnny. I was like, is he going to play right back?
2: And he went, no, he's going to play midfield. I was like, are you sure? And then he sort yeah. of ran the game, basically. <laughs> I remember the buzz, buzz around him, actually. He scored a, scored a goal for the youth team away at Arsenal or something, where he sort of ran round all the players, didn't he, and knocked oh, it in. I and that know, video that. started circulating online somewhere, and everyone was like, who's this kid? Yeah, yeah. And he's such a nice guy. Oh, as well, he's nice Johnny, yeah, yeah. the nicest lad. One of the nicest lads. Were there, any, were there any sort of players that you think mm, you thought might do better or
6: hope would do better? and... Yeah, there's a player called Ashley Robinson. Yeah. Who remember him. was a fantastic player. Was really sad. I mean, I remember coming out of the training ground, Neil Warner got off him a one year deal. He'd, made, he'd played in the first team two or three times. And I said, Ashley, whatever you do, sign that contract. He said, Well, no, my agent's <coughs> telling me not to. There's a two year offer from another club. And uh, anyway, he did listen. He went and signed a one year at another club and then got lost to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. He, he he had everything, actually, and that was really disappointing. And, and maybe Sean Scannell, you know, sh- Sean had a difficult upbringing, lost his mum at 14 to cancer. His, his dad, who's now passed, had some troubles, uh, sort of like, you know, troubles in his life. Yeah. And Sean probably just lacked a, enough discipline to play at the highest, highest level. Still playing now,
3: yeah.
6: but Scannell had everything. He could head it, could run, right foot, left foot, tricks. And uh, it's just sad that maybe Sean hasn't mm. got to where he got to. He still may do it in the latter stage of his career, but but he, you know that's that's one I look at and saddens me at the minute. I remember him breaking into the first team as well. Scano he scored that
7: goal at home to Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, and he it was an injury time, and he he sort of delicately dropped the ball in the top corner through a melee of players near yeah. the end. It was a yeah. great finish. 141 games for Palace. He, yeah, he played a lot. A lot of games yeah, for for I was going to say he. I remember him scoring, the first time I sort of saw him, when we'd have our under 18 games, like the under 16 game, would be going on at the same training ground, and I remember walking past one day, and I don't know if they'd started before us or whatever, and I saw Sean get the ball in the corner, at sort of under 16 level, and dribble and weave his way along the sort of uh, byline, and then chip the goalkeeper from this most unbelievable angle, and I thought, wow, you don't, see a, a player like that too often, you know, and he and I think for us, we were playing a game under 18 level and he'd just sort of come in and we were losing at Cardiff, I think, one game about 2-1, and we went for the game a little bit the last 15 minutes and he came on. And I think we ended up scoring four or five goals or something in the end and winning like and he was electric, you know. But I to be fair, Jim, I thought of I don't know if Gary sees it the same way. He sort of ended up being sort of turned into a sort of wide player, and I always thought he was a four-four-two sort of centre forward with great pace that could score
6: goals. And perhaps that's where it's not quite worked out, you know. Mm. I mean, that's where we played Saha in the youth team was as a as a central player because ultimately in youth football, you'd normally play your your, your most effective players in the middle of the pitch because yeah. they can influence the results. Uh, and Wilf's gone the other way, started as a forward or a number 10, and then has gone wide. But that year he played in the youth team last year, I mean, Steve Bold picked him out against Arsenal. Gary Brazil, who was at Fulham at the time, picked him out. Uh, and we played at Newcastle in the Youth Cup, didn't we? Mm. Lost 5 4-2. Four two, four four two. Two. But on the night, he won two penalties uh, and just ran him ragged. And although you were disappointed coming away, you have been knocked out. I think Sammy Amiobi played for Newcastle yeah. that night. Jack Annick
7: was the goalie, saved yeah. one of the penalties, I think.
6: Yeah. But you knew that we had a special player then. Uh, so do you think Wilford preferred to play up front, or was
2: he as footballers there to sort of play where they're told to? I, th-
6: I think your easier route, certainly into first teams, is in, in, in wide areas, uh, you know, and we did that with Victor. Victor was a central midfield player, and oh, wow. you thought he's not in number 10 at times, and you thought, I can't see a manager playing him in those positions early on. So we, we, we taught him how to play wide. Mm. And ultimately, that's where he came into the first team as a, as a, as a left winger. And amazingly, he won the league title with Chelsea as a right wing-back. I've never you, have seen oh, that yeah. in a million years. never have said that. No, no. I mean, that was
7: the last place I'd have ever thought he'd uh, <laughs> I mean, he'd end up playing, quite honestly. He was, was so laid back. He I was mean, so laid back, yeah. You couldn't. I mean, I, I think we played at Dover in a pre-season game we were together, and I think the first team were playing like Everton at home in a preseason game. It was a, and it was Victor's first opportunity to play with the first team, and he turned up at the ground without his boots. I think Lowy had to drive back <laughs> to the training ground and get his boots for him. So you're playing for the first team for the very first time. It's your big breakthrough, if you like. He hasn't even got his boots. Do you know what I mean? No it's laid a back. sort of no.
2: He's kind of. Yeah, well, I remember it was. Was it him? Scott Sinclair and Clinton as a front three
6: yeah, that right and towards the end of that yeah. 2008 season yeah, I, I think and they were just right. yeah. tore the league apart it was brilliant but, but really good boy Victor uh, you know Tito all the way through his career which is credit to him Yeah, uh, and he's you know he's probably not got to where I thought I he would get say, to I, th- I
7: think he's still a bit of an underachiever
6: yeah I thought he'd be one of the best players in the world mm. you know and I don't say that lightly Yeah, uh, no. or one of the best performers in the Premier League over a period of time yeah uh, but you know he's won the cha- you know he's won the league played in the Champions League. He's done and Now right. at I actually spoke to him last week. He wanted a trial for his cousin. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. So. I think he's one that I think a lot of Palace fans would like to see back at Palace one day in some capacity because mm-hmm. yeah. he's, uh, he's definitely a fan. He went favorite. a bit too
7: quick, unfortunately, didn't he? With the administration and that, well, that, yeah, yeah. Forced that frustrating. It, didn't yeah. That forced yeah. that, yeah. that yeah. move. That for uh,
2: but you know, going back to sort of the Ashley Paul Robinson thing. I it sounds like such fine margins you know these players have amazing talent and all it can take is one decision you know to take a contract or to to do whatever it can
6: change the whole course of their career so you're dealing with really fine margins no you are and that's and the game is always fine margins isn't it do you know what i mean everything's a major event in football a misplaced pass can lead to a goal yeah. a tug of a shirt can lead to a sending off and cost the team so the whole game is on fine margins and and, you know, the, it's, it's a pretty insecure industry in terms of players know as well that an injury or, like you're saying, one wrong decision can have a dramatic effect on what is still a very short career. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, OK, well, I've, I've, we've got about 15 minutes left. So I've seen it on the time. What, um, what does it... F-
7: OK, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah keep going, keep, keep as well going. To our, All right, well... I'm um, in the market in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Just finally then, Gary, what sort of... We've obviously got these plans for this £20 million category one upgrade, hopefully, but what's the sort of future for you? You know, what are your plans for the future? Is it simply just getting more people into the,
6: into the first team? I think so. I mean, like I said to you, the 15 years at Palace has felt like four years. So, you know, you, you now want us to become, you know, the most productive, you know, academy in London for sure. And, And if not in the country, that's the ambition with the new facilities, with the new investment, where we want to become one of the most powerful recruiters of young players in the country, you know, and, and with good coaches, and we've what we have invested in is some play players, former players that are very, very committed to the club, and yeah. and ultimately qualified. Yeah. Uh, but we we think you know co- recruitment, coaching, and facilities are the key, and then the opportunity at the top end and. The chairman has obviously brought back Dougie Friedman, whose role is to try and create pathways for the younger players. Uh, we have had a question actually from one of our patrons, Robbie Scott, who says, Has bringing in a director of football
2: given the academy lads more or less of a chance of making the first team?
6: Well, you know, I've got a relationship with Dougie that spans 15 years. He was uh, obviously a player. Then he was taking the reserves of myself for a small period before he went to South End, and then come back in administration under George Burley. Then become manager. Yeah. So we have a close relationship, we talk, you know, almost three to four times a week. Uh and that is the idea. We but ultimately we've got to have players that are good enough. So no one's gonna get the opportunity if they're not good enough and we've gotta provide players, you know, for the manager that's gonna help the club move forward. And I guess as well just Having the likes of Wilf, you know, come back and play was it three hundred and thirty-four games
2: for Arsen. Yeah, so really and Aaron's 34. gone to Man United, and Nathaniel's <coughs> at Liverpool. Does that help with the recruitment then in that sort of competitive South London field of, of getting lads to the academy?
6: Yeah, players want to see a pathway, and if you can lend, if you can lean yourself or point towards the players that have done it, and point towards the system and structure we have got in place with the director of football, then that's you know I said right at the start, it's very hard retaining players. Uh, because of, you know, there's agents that will be trying to move them elsewhere and turn their heads, but if you can, you know, point point yourself towards our, the opportunities that the club give. Ultimately, that's what the players interested in. You know, it's a it's a team game played by individuals, and every individual's got a vested interest in themselves and
2: yeah.
6: where their career goes. And I know Wilf does a lot of stuff with
2: the foundation and sort of locally with, with with training kids and stuff, doesn't he? So he's he's very much a sort of shining light for the academy.
7: I think you're always gonna get I mean that's one of the things that's been great, is that the fans will always give a chance or 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 be open to a local kid. There's probably seeing a kid from Croydon or wherever come and play in Crystal Palace's first team probably gives them the strongest feeling that they can relate to because it's probably what everybody wanted to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A, if you're a kid and it's your club, you want to play for that club and it's everything you dream of. So I suppose you glean some extra joy out of seeing somebody else do that or be what you wanted to be. And, and you know, we've been really lucky with, you know, getting all those kids through and uh, and all those South London kids that then sort of a really in the hearts of the fans perhaps more than someone who costs a fortune who doesn't necessarily cut it and all that sort of thing it's always you always get that little bit of extra oh, love if you definitely. like I think because they feel like you're one of them
2: do you, do you sort of final question do you sort of feel like a proud dad when they when these players break into the first day
6: oh yeah you're nervous as anything it's like you're playing yeah. yourself because you just hope they're going to do yourself justice Yeah. I mean I think Aaron's one where he played them three games in a week yeah, and he's playing Tottenham yeah. Arsenal Man United wasn't he yeah.
3: yeah.
6: and you're like crikey in one week he's going to meet Christian Eriksen <laughs> Deli Alley. I think it was Rashford yeah, it was it? Rashford and Sanchez yeah. and you just well Rashford got moved yeah. well, sort of one of them Sanchez got moved because Aaron was playing so well in that game Well, I think Rashford was five yards the wrong side of Aaron and he just you know put the accelerator on and ate yeah. him up which yeah. no one does to Rashford but that that told you in that moment crikey he's the level yeah Uh, But, yeah, I mean, that was a nervous week (laughs) because I think the first game was Tottenham, wasn't it, where he was very nervy, his distribution was a little bit rushed and hurried, but ultimately, defensively, he was solid, and then he grew, you know, as the the games came, he grew in confidence, and then you could see that he could, you know, handle the ball and play at that level. Well, Gary, congratulations on, you know, the successes
2: you've had with Palace and some of the players that have played, and, you know, Wilf has played... Over, over 300 times for us and that's incredible and it's down to you really so I thank think you. when we added up those numbers it was over a thousand, over a thousand, thousand, a thousand
6: collective appearances yeah. for Crystal Palace it must, must so. make you very proud it is and I, th- I think as well credit has to go to the manager at the time you know Neil Warnock played the young players you know Dougie Freeman played the young players and, and Roy put Aaron in the team so you know Ultimately, the managers as well, you know, at that moment in time, I have to take a lot of credit for being brave enough to put the youngsters in the team. I can remember many a Thursday night conversation. We go, <laughs> we haven't got him this week. <laughs> I'd say
7: why? He goes, oh, Neil Warnock said we need a right winger <laughs> for Saturday. <laughs> so who am I going to send up? And he'd send someone up, and off they go, sort of thing. It was really sometimes just like that. And we was talking to you about all the margins. You know, Wilfred at the beginning, he didn't, he didn't walk straight into it probably the first half of the season didn't even play on our youth team regularly you know and suddenly the penny drops and bang off they go good stuff
2: well hopefully we can see some more names coming through in the first team in the future
6: yeah we really hope so and you know there's a there is a good crop of players in the system at the minute and uh, you know if they can get the opportunity it's down to them to take it good stuff thanks we'll we'll let the dogs go because I think they want to go for a walk don't they I think so
2: (laughs) Gary thank you very much for joining us on the podcast no problem Right, welcome back to the podcast and thank you very much to Gary for thank his time you, yeah, there. Yeah, great Celsie, interview, yeah, yeah. and Selzy. Selzy was yeah, awesome. brilliant, I thought. Yeah, yeah, great. Celsie, Celsie, really yeah. good, yeah.
4: Really good
5: lunch as well, Selzy. <laughs> nice to see <laughs> you. <It> sounded <laughs> great. Thanks, Selzy. Uh, yeah, thank nice you one. so much, exactly Gary. exactly what Selzy needed, a big
2: uh, lunch. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is why we don't normally do international break podcasts. Uh, we, thank do. You Gary. We've done three. we do. We always we do them. done four in a row. You just go <laughs> oh God! I we actually break.
4: more of them when they do normal podcasts.
2: Right. Next <laughs> week. Next week, it's just me, Gary, and, and Selzy. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, thank you, Gary, for your time. Really appreciate it. And thank you for being <laughs> so candid and letting us into uh, you know all the aspects of your job. Really appreciate it. And Gary said we might be able to chat with him again in the future as well that's nice uh, top top man really nice guy Uh, and of course thank you Stelzi for uh, being involved in that as Ever um, right? Part three. So remember last week we were going to preview Liverpool and then I forgot it was an international break part podcast. Part four. Yes. Part four. Sorry. It's right.
4: Well, no, it's not. Yeah. You, went, here, yeah. you
5: went straight from the athletic into the interview. So <coughs>
2: that was so part Gary's three. This is going to be part two. four now. Right, I it's part whatever we want it to be. Um, we're we'll playing Liverpool at the weekend. Yeah. Oh, the, Liverpool, little the,
4: club from the northwest, <laughs> not doing very well. The
2: final of our that five-game yes. run that obviously we were all dreading. Currently got one point out of four. Uh, we've had quite a few questions about it this week so let's go to Duncan Annis. Hi Duncan Hi Duncan He's one of our patrons and he says Should Roy try something different against Liverpool and if so will he? <laughs> uh, yes No Yeah I think that's, <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what we'd all yes or no
5: It's a good question I think the least likely of the games it's, is Liverpool for him to try something different uh, There's not that much different for him to try given the players available unfortunately What the different I would like to try is that we try and win a home game against a big team rather than playing it
2: <laughs> when was the last time we actually we beat because we got we've had Arsenal away last season Man City away last season but when did the last time we beat someone at home Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal
4: 3-0 so the,
5: under Allardyce this time of year wasn't it yeah it was uh, yeah. no it was March, April since Easter the, the, the 3-0 time. when Caballo yeah. scored the, yeah. wow is really was that the last I, time I, I remember watching that you in think, Hungary
4: yeah we lost
5: we never beat Man United at home yeah Liverpool. To be fair, we, the games against Liverpool were
4: quite. It was quite close. close. Yeah, and we tend
5: close. to score. Yeah, and they do. And we really
4: were the only team last season that scored I mean, three I mean, at I, Anfield. I, yeah. I mean, think we should, are, were talking about in part two. I think it was about you know using the wide players and putting their full-backs under pressure. Now, that's, maybe that's not that different, but I think that's the way we Would should Would you like some out. suggestions from one of our listeners
2: yes. in Western Australia? I'd, yeah, oh. it'd be great. Yeah. So this is from S- his name? Sam Harris Photo. Hi, Sam. Sorry, Sam Who Harris says, photo. hello again from Western Australia. Hello. Oh, how oh, how to you? Wow, that's a long way. Is, it is. Is the Liverpool game our chance to try something different? We <laughs> all know Palace are predictable. That's an understatement. Well-drilled and hard to break down, but eventually the top teams get the goal to win. Mm. I think that's that's, that's a fair assessment. Almost every time. So, maybe just once, Roy could surprise us, dot, 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 as your recent guest, Ed Mallion, suggested. Great pod, by the way, in brackets, thank you, Sam. With Ward out... Oh, yeah, that's a point. Yeah, if use them, yeah. Um, And considering Liverpool, why not try three centre backs? As Ed yeah. brought up Kelly, Tompkins, Cahill with PVA and Andros, as Ed said. Three defensive midfielders and two in capitals strikers Wolf Wilf and Benteke. Um, oh, Wolf and Benteke slash are you 45 each? Yeah. Ooh. Surely we've nothing to lose and it might just work. And actually, that's reminded me. That's a very favourite
4: that- question, isn't it?
2: Oh, which reminded yeah. me of what Gary was saying, Gary Issaac was saying about Wilf being a striker in the youth team. And actually, yeah. they brought him in. And actually, the reason he, he ended up playing wide is because it's easier as a youth team player to get into the first team playing out wide because the central positions are all taken. So maybe Wilf and Ben Take it, is an option.
5: We, three at the back <coughs> always makes it sound ultra defensive, but it's not. The reason you play three at the back is to free up a player up front, basically. Yeah. yeah. Whether three at the back would still be mobile enough to deal with arguably the best front three in, in Europe, let alone the Premier League. Well, it would no, end the, up
2: being five at the back,
5: wouldn't yeah, it? It would. I mean, the, the problem is, whatever formation you play, Liverpool got some really good players. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> and, and they're it, really and, quick as and well. And they're really quick and on their day. But, but having said that, if you look at the stats, I think in their last seven games, apart from the Man City game, they tend to score their goals very, very late. Yeah. I think the 75th minute is the earliest they've scored and otherwise you're talking about 85 minutes onwards but and Villa they really struggle to beat Villa at Villa Park and we're a better team than Villa and I think Sam's point about going forward is a, is a good one because if we can get the first goal if we can put yeah, a little
2: bit of yeah. pressure on them well, Liverpool, I don't think they've kept a clean sheet all season. No, I, and I think they we are could, totally beatable. We, I mean, yeah, yeah, we and
4: and that's not just yeah, us being fans it, it, being delusional, but yeah. they are beatable. Yeah, we, but this pretty <laughs> Some much, will say it is.
5: Well, pretty much the team that starts against us on Saturday will be the team that started against us at Anfield, mm-hmm. with maybe one or two exceptions, and we scored three goals against them yeah. and could have scored more. Yeah, They're always vulnerable to set pieces. Unfortunately, at the moment, we're not scoring from set pieces. But I, <laughs> I don't think this is a game... I think going into the Man City game and it turns out Liverpool probably a better team I, I, I'm more hopeful of scoring against Liverpool than I would be against Man City but I just don't want us to do what we always do. I don't want us to sit in it like it's an FA Cup tie I don't want us to get to to half time unfortunately
2: you know that is but that's going to
5: happen but I don't want to get to half time and have that inevitable conversation where, like Man City will go oh, actually until they scored their two goals we were in that game and it's like it's
4: that thing do you get to half time when you're losing 3 or 4 nil at home or you get to half time when you're like it's like nil nil or one nil, but you're playing. Absolutely well, it was important. at Chelsea, wasn't it? It was 0 yeah. nil
2: at time and and exactly. arguably, we, as I said, you know, we were better in the second half. But I mean, is, we had are, you know, concentration. there is that
4: thing, you know, about changing it. Is Roy going to change it? On that's a really great suggestion there from West Australia. But it's, it's also that thing. Is like you know, like um, lost my train of thought there. Actually, just, well, if you've it, be went, interesting went, if you got, oh, I appreciate the honesty. Yep.
5: If, if Ward is not playing, then that scuppers the three centre backs because. Kelly would have to play right back yeah,
2: yeah. presumably and then mm. I don't think the others are fit enough well that Sam was saying you, you yeah. and also a wing back the problem it Possibly, feels like yeah, the sort of thing that if Alan Pardew was still a manager <laughs> he would he would do it but unfortunately if
5: Kelly's playing I'd rather see Kelly playing as a center back than a right back yeah same to be perfectly honest yeah it
4: is um, a thing. I was just around It's I think it's that element of surprise which you keep talking about. The element of surprise at home against Liverpool will be to get out the traps. 100, yeah. Hundred miles an hour. Well, uh, look. We had a question. Hundred miles an because that, they'll be thinking we're going to sit back yeah, and do yeah, yeah, the pressure. Absolutely. And then try and get them on the break. Let's just go for them. Well, well literally uh, from the kickoff, go. Also, the other thing is Fifty well, minutes of mayhem. If we're not, if we're not, gonna, up,
5: bish bash. If yeah. Why not? If we not, mm. but if also if we're not going to play in any. Clever, you know. If we are going to just play that defensive deep game, just go long ball. Just put Benteke on. So just go long ball and just pick up this well, piece Because I know they've got Van Dyke, but they don't. It'll be a fairy tale want... return for Benteke it, to it find would, the net. But Liverpool yeah. against Liverpool. Liverpool's back four don't particularly. Defending's a bit beneath them. Liverpool's back four don't. <laughs> but it is, They don't. They don't particularly want. That's true. To defend, they don't, and they don't expect to have to do it. Basically, so just well, fifteen minutes just, of mayhem sounds like a,
2: another jazz album, yeah. doesn't it? But just, <laughs> let's
5: just assume their two fullbacks are going to push on. Let's let's try and exploit a, a little bit of that. Let's let's lump the ball up there. If if we're not going to do anything different, if we're going to play the same old way, let's at least yeah. relieve the pressure by getting the ball into their half. That, and there will really, be a lot of pressure you know, with their front I, three. I wonder as well. Before we move on to the non-centre back question, I wonder if this is the sort of situation where Cahill might be talking to Hodgson and going. Like He's got so. a lot of experience yeah. playing the best teams in Europe. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so maybe. Cahill might be saying, look, yeah. <coughs> with the players
2: we've got. I'd imagine that Roy yeah. is sort of person that very much would listen listens d- to that I advice yeah, from ex- experienced doubt. people. He likes to have experienced people around him. Right. Just finally on going for it, David Manley, Hi, David. who has Hi. recently joined the WhatsApp Club in our Patreon group, has said, Sorry. should we give Liverpool a match more of a go than recent games, or yeah. will Roy treat it as damage limitations so we don't enter the next five games suffering from shell shock? <laughs>
4: That's a, a very good point. That's a fair point. That's I don't think what's going to happen to us will be a Southampton situation. Yeah. You know, I really can't see us losing by that F amount. It could be, you know, let's be honest. It could easily be four or five, which we don't want it to be either. But let's, you know, this thing we keep talking about as fans, and we mentioned it last week on the pod list, this week again, let's this it's the imagination, the the element of surprise. I'm really for it. Let's just go for it. Let's score the first let's goal. Let's just do it. Let's, let's score the go the first for goal. It. So I agree, I'm with you. Well, and, yeah. and also
5: I don't think I, I think that's a very fair point about damage yeah, invitation and, yeah. and not going into those games with shell shot. But we haven't been battered. We've lost the games and deserved to lose them, but we haven't been absolutely battered.
4: I mean, even but the. G- let's, I mean, we were kind of bad against Tottenham away.
5: Yeah, but that's where that McArthur was. McCarfer yeah, was it. But yeah. I, you know, I don't think many Palace fans will blame, will ever go at Roy
2: no. for trying to win the game.
5: We're, we're the home From team. The off,
2: yeah. This is a thing. I actually you know. think going for it and losing. Three or four nil. Because really, Liverpool yeah. are good on the counter would actually yeah. almost win Roy a bit of plaudit with some of the fans. I think right. We
5: know, we know exactly... If we do play three at the back, it won't be to exploit the attacking potential. And I don't <laughs> think we will I think we'll play we'll play four or five one. Agreed, yeah, yeah. I think we know what we're gonna get. Yeah. And then the thing is that you're hoping to nick a goal and then you're hoping that Liverpool have an off day, and then you're basically you're hoping it's not too embarrassing that you can move on and start picking up some points in the next in the next Do five remember years. Remember, there was no. that game,
2: I think one of Neil Warnock's final game, games actually, uh, sort of Christmas or winter 2015, when we beat Liverpool at Cellhurst yeah. and we scored early. Dwight Gale scored a goal and yeah. was up there and we went for it. And that's when Balassi looped it over Lovren I think it was, and then Ledley poked it in. And we did actually go for it that yeah, day. Yeah. I and mean, Liverpool yeah. weren't as
4: strong as they are now. No, but but still, yeah. Okay. They are a very strong team, but as Kev rightly pointed out, they, their frailties are in defence. Yeah, agreed. Right, uh, so just
2: on the next few games, we've had a question from Quentin Solden Hi, Quentin. Hi. and Jim Foster. Hi, June. Hi, June. Quentin says, Liverpool at home, Burnley away, Bournemouth at home, Watford away, Brighton at home. What is an acceptable points tally for the next five fixtures? I would take eight. And then Jim has extended it to the next eight games and says, how many points do you think we'll get? How many should we get? <laughs> Looking at who we've got, and basically it's that other five plus Newcastle, West Ham and Southampton... Uh, they're all winnable. Maybe I'm being optimistic with Liverpool. You probably are a little bit. Um, I think we'll get 10 points. We think we should get 15. What are we on now, 15? I think we're on 15
5: now, yeah. I f- I, I, yeah. I, I'll be Another 10 would be great. I'll be conservative. If we can get into the new year with 23 points... So that's eight from the number. next... Then
2: eight. Yeah, yeah,
5: that's a conservative, a very conservative estimate. Then we'll be way ahead of where we are yep. normally going into the new year. If we can get there to 25 points, I'd be very happy. But I I think in the same way that we shouldn't really have expected us to lose all five of these games, I don't think we should suddenly start thinking we're, we're going to win all five. Is one point games.
2: from that five a fair return? We
5: don't know. We might get four out of that five. Yeah, <laughs> basically. But it, it's, I think it's... I thought we would win at least one of those games, but I've, yeah. I underestimated how good Leicester were to be perfectly... Yeah, I think we all did it to, it, it, to it, yeah. <laughs> I think that would be the best team we played. Yeah, I don't yeah. think many teams are going to be taking points off those teams that we we played. Yeah. If we and I hate to say this because we're at home, but a point against Liverpool would be a oh, a, a, I think a that's bonus. fair. But I, you know, I don't think we suddenly, you know, we're not as good as we thought we were when we were six. So we're not going to suddenly just beat teams like West Ham and Bournemouth, and because these are all good, well organised teams. They're all and,
4: good teams. They're all teams at our level cap as well.
5: Yeah, that's really, see, my, my my theory this season is, and I, I generally don't think we've got any chance of going down, but. For the first season in quite a while, like this time last season you kind of went well. Cardiff and Huddys- uh, Fulham and Huddersfield probably gone. Yeah. A- apart from Norwich, I don't think you can say about any team. because well, what are fr-
2: def- fr- dragging themselves out of it? Yeah, I don't think Annoyingly. any
5: team is, is yeah. definitely going to go down. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about three teams after finishing
2: that top three it, it in that is, league of twelve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is tighter. Which actually, isn't we, it? Which
5: we will do, but I don't think we should assume that we. No. We kind of, you know.
2: I think Saints might struggle, but again,
5: you know, be, just, it would just be nice
4: to. to pick up a few points, especially after the previous. Yeah, five absolutely, games,
5: yeah. And yeah. you know? well, then we can enjoy over, Christmas. Just over the holiday period. It would yeah. be nice. It would be interesting to see whether we play a different sort of football. Yes. In those games before we bring new players I think in. I suspect not. We won't. Yeah, agreed. Because not we, to go back into that game. I think uh,
2: we will play a different type of football if it's forced upon Roy with personnel, uh, yeah. rather than yeah. choice. I think, unfortunately. But well, we the camera Aziz shows us that even
5: if he is forced <laughs> yeah, upon him, he's not it, playing. Yeah. He's not changing it anyway. Well, so,
2: yeah. we've come to the end of this week's podcast. Have we? Really um, have we? It's been a long one this this week. Considering it was well, an international well, break, with... I don't know if you mentioned that at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just not a fan of the international break at all. But I've been a fan of this week's pod, thank you, lads, for joining me. Three oh seven is always good. You know. It's always been a good number. And so it, thank it, you, you to you, James, and you, Kevin. Thank You're welcome. To you, James. thank you to Gary thank and Selzy for yeah, joining was, us. Thanks. For the for lunch it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> In part three, and thank you, the <laughs> listener, for listening and for your questions this week. We'll be back next week with the regular pod after the Liverpool game, and of course, the Pod Extra free pod is available to our patrons after the Liverpool game on Saturday. En- enjoy the rest of your week. We'll thank do. You. We'll do. And we'll see you again soon. Good. Jam.
1: Hey, it's Jesse Kelly. We are, for the most part, a reactionary society. If your neighbor has a break-in, you think about getting an alarm. If your buddy gets laid off, you say, I better buckle down at work. If banks start closing, you may want to ask yourself if you should keep most or all of your money in a bank. It may be time for a portfolio protection plan. It may be time to have a little personal gold reserve. Go to www.oxfordgoldgroup.com to learn more.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.